John with Drew and Leslie get the shit on interracial John shut the fuck up and listen interracial John interracial John interracial shit motherfuckers shut up and listen Drew and Leslie interracial John the bell for that one. Hey, welcome to the Interracial John Podcast. I'm your host, Leslie Mack, and I'm joined as always. That one very white guy. And he is very white indeed. And uh, we are back like a bad habit. Yeah, you know, uh, should we play what what is a John since it's been a while? Should we let people know what John is? We can play that in a little bit. Right. Um, I wanted to just, uh, you know, say thank you to our uh, listeners who probably were like, dang, I guess they're never coming back. Hey, did you look how long has it been? It's, it's gotta been, be like a couple of years. No, no, not, not, not that long. Um, it's been, well, we, we put out a couple of episodes this fall. Uh, the last one we put out was literally called back ish, uh, which <laughs> I thought was pretty funny. And, um, <laughs> we just did one. We did two. We did two. Um, but yeah, but it's been a while, but we are back and I'm very excited about it. Uh, we have been talking about wanting to podcast again, but I don't know. I feel like it was like, I know there was just a bunch of stuff having to do with podcasting that we just didn't have bandwidth for right now, but we we did want to come back and start podcasting again. And we, um, were lucky enough to connect with our good friends, Clove and Shirley from the Chonilla podcast up in Canada. And they, um, uh, started very recently a, um, a network, a podcast network and content creator network. And, um, so we were lucky enough. They said, yes, they would love to have us on their podcast network. And so we are officially now part of the Chonilla network, which is an independent digital media company specializing in podcasts, video series and live streams it's a community of content creators that support each other in producing diverse high quality content through funny educational and thought-provoking conversations and so you can find all of our archived um, episodes on the Chanilla network and you can also find us on way more platforms than you could yeah. before so we're like on spotify and like iHeartRadio and all of these I, fancy places I, I, now. I'm just gonna like geek out a little bit. Like Clove is like an audio, like he's got a MIDI board, like he does the things yeah, with the studio. Serious. Like I, I'm super jealous of their setup. <laughs> and on the other end, Shirley's like a podcast like wizard. She, oh yeah, she was saying she's, things like like I was like I don't know what the heck that and, means. Yeah, I was like, there's even like our stuff. <laughs> I was embarrassed, but like we had a WordPress website, we like managed ourselves, and we just load files. But they like wrote to us like, "Oh, like what? You know, where do you host them? Like um, here? Like, well, can you get them? Like, I don't know what to do. Here's the login, and they did it all. Like they literally scraped everything down, uploaded it. Like they made it real. They're awesome. I'm impressed. It's very impressive. So I'm really excited about that. And so you'll see probably some new like bumpers at the beginning. And the end of the show you'll hear. And um, yeah, so they have a couple of other shows, um, including their show, um, the Chonilla podcast, which is really great and amazing. And my favorite segment on their show is Bible Studies 90210, where Clove actually uh, basically goes through every book of the Bible, but talks about it as if it's a teen drama. And it's very entertaining and a great way to get um, a little, uh, you know, 
Bible study in. Yeah. Uh, and so they have new episodes that are back. So a couple of, well, I guess now we can talk about what a John is if you want to play know, that. And you know, I'm really thinking like, this is a weird like deja full circle moment. Okay. Because we first started listening to Chondella. We like listened to their podcast before we started podcasting. True. And then we did one podcast at our home and like yep. in front of your, your Mac computer. And we're like, oh, we, as long as we enjoy this, we'll keep doing it. Yep. And like everything, we jumped right into it. And I don't know if you remember, we went to visit uh, friends in Grand Rapids. I remember. We moved, and we went on their podcast as yeah, guests. Yeah, we did. We, we were like, guests the on the The first podcast we podcast. ever did was a guest on the Chondella. It's true. It is very full <laughs> circle. And also they're really good friends of ours. So um, it's like win, win, win. Us because we get to work with them. So, um, yeah, so I'm really excited about that. But uh, in case we have some new listeners, because we are on this new network yeah. and on um, all these new places where folks can listen to us, I guess. Yeah, so we started this podcast when we we're living in Philadelphia, which is where we've lived the most time that we've been together, at least up till this point. And so we Go need. Birds. No. No? No. No. Right. no. Um, we're not doing the NBA, the um, NFL. NFL anymore, all right, scratch so, that. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, at the NFL. Um, so, um, yeah, so we <laughs> lived in Philadelphia. And so John is a Philly area word that is actually a noun, a person, place, or thing and can be utilized in any number of ways. Um, well, I think well, you have a, yeah. a little video. To, this is uh, Tessa Thompson, who was in uh, the Rocky reboots, yes. uh, the Creed movies. They're not reboots. It's just Creed. Creed, movies. I guess you're right. The, the the extension of the Rocky brand, yes. the Creed movie. And it was her uh, on a uh, radio uh, TV station explaining the word John. There are Philly turns of phrases like um, John is something that is said. It's a noun. It's a person, place or thing. So this, for example, is a John. The, these papers are a John. This table is a John. This place is a John. I mean, it means anything. It's a noun. So huh. literally everything is a John. Oh. A, a John? A John, yeah. Spell it. J-W-N. John. Okay, John. A John. All right. Yes. Very good. We're learning lots of stuff. Uh, so I would be able to say, that's a lovely John you're wearing. You would. Okay. Bam, and you I could know. also say, of me, you could say, who's that John in the John? Oh. <laughs> and her accent on John is perfect. It is very good. And I will say, people do in Philly, they'd be like, oh, man, I got to go get this John to the John. Like, that's a very common, like, you'll use John twice in a single sentence to mean two different things. But anyways, we are the interracial John. And um, yeah, so uh, let's see where there. I don't know. We'll do a little bit of catching up. But I also just wanted to mention that you should expect shorter episodes from us moving forward. They're not going to be quite as expansive. Part of that is just so that we can make sure that we actually do the podcast. And the other part is that podcasting has changed since we did our first 150 yeah. or so episodes oh we did and um yeah so we want to just cater to uh, a new audience and make sure that we're getting good quality content but you're not listening forever so this should take you you know on your drive into work or something like that not take you two hours to listen to um okay so what what has been going on i mean so many things yeah look the last we we did pretty good up through like 2018 august 2018 yeah yeah and then so it's been 18 months where you got two episodes yeah but yeah now, it looks like it might have been a couple of reviews since we left uh, i don't maybe. know we, we we'll, we'll deal with that another after, day yeah another day not today because we've got a lot of things to, <laughs> keep, keep it tight yeah we gotta keep, keep it, it tight, tight we're already tight like probably over time as it is so um yeah so i don't know if there's any like new stuff you want to tell the uh the listeners about um, I've been uh, significantly involved in electoral politics 
for the last couple of months since this, uh, this summer really. And that's been an interesting endeavor. I've been to Iowa, South Carolina, Boston, um, supporting Elizabeth Warren, hashtag president Warren today. And, um, yeah, it's been an interesting, you know, I, I, stayed out of electoral politics for for a really long time and Mm -hmm. um and so i just really was looking at myself kind of like okay 2016 was such a fucking nightmare and what's gonna be different this time around and i was like well i can control myself so i'm gonna just do something different and so that's um what i've been doing it's been an eye-opening experience you were on the road with me uh, last week which was really fun as a surrogate for the senator um in south carolina as we're heading hurtling towards south carolina's primary in just a couple of weeks and we also um went to our local um dnc district meeting this weekend which was very interesting i'd like to hear your thoughts about that because i've never been i really like i've been a democrat and like registered as a democrat in multiple states but i've never been um involved in the actual like democratic committee Mm -hmm. like structure um so I went because I actually want to be a delegate at the convention this year in Milwaukee. And, you know, they don't, you don't have to go, but I think it's good to like show your face. Sure. I, I still want to get more information about it and there's more stuff to do. So anyways, we both went to see and sat at our little table in our area. It was really eye opening both on the data side. I was really, um, you know, you move somewhere and you make a lot of assumptions about things. And I, you know, it was comforting to see just how blue our little piece of Charlotte is in particular. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And that was really nice. It was also just kind of like the most hodgepodgiest of like it really was a sample section of the electorate in such a like direct way i guess it's skewed probably a little older than yeah, maybe as a lot um, of the stuff does uh, but i do think district 12 might skew older based on our neighbors anyways i think it actually might not be that that far off i'd be interested to see what the other district uh, meetings look like but what were your thoughts around it i mean to the to the age we're 45 and 47 yeah. and about to be 45 i'm not 45 i'll give it 44 about to be 44 is that but we were the the youngins in the room we were the young the young folk uh compared to, but I, it was um it was probably exactly what i expected in terms <laughs> of like painful minutiae that that is interesting probably you know to some but not everybody and i'm very like i'm trying to get the word not like like the rules and stuff, like all those just very sort of ordered and, and regimented in some ways. Um, but I, I thought it was fine. And it was, in, like you said, very interesting to see the demographic uh, changes and then demographically our, our neighborhood specifically, like even the, the turnout was quite diverse and, and a good number of people for, I don't know, I don't think it's that big a district, but I was surprised. It was like, you know, yeah, it was 50, good. 50, 60 people there? Yeah, I mean, that was a good showing. I was, I, you know, we had like 12 from our little, yeah. little precinct over here. So, yeah, that was good to see. Um, It was just interesting to me. So, you know, whatever. Um, And the person that I did talk to Dr. Amin yesterday, and it definitely was the person she had told I, me about. I knew, I knew it could have been. Couldn't, it had to be. She, she had already told me stories about this person and how she had showed up at like another event and had been given two minutes to speak and spoke for 17 and that it like cost the event planners like all this money because it ran that basically the entire program late 
And anyways, I was not surprised. So that's why I was like, oh, I think I know her because I've heard about her before. The, I'm not going to say nobody's name. So I just going to keep it cute. But uh, it was yeah, funny. The, the, the same individual. And it, we didn't even talk about this. The they have a a period of time where they're allowing uh, Democrats in elected office to come up and, and talk and say, I'm, yeah. I'm a person, I'm running for this I'm office. I'm running for, for lieutenant governor, yeah. I'm running for judge, I'm <laughs> running so for whatever the hell. One of them was a, a very pleasant woman, and I forget her name and forget the position, but her husband, wearing a shirt with her name emblazoned on it, yeah. is handing out flyers at all the tables. <laughs> and she's like... While she's talking, like, oh, she's talking, here's the here's the material. Yeah. Being so, a good uh, campaign husband. So she uh, stood up and asked him to stop. Did you uh, ask this person to stop? Because we can't uh, see you while he's passing out these materials. That lovely person is my husband. Uh, that's my husband. Let's Thank him, him very much. Thank him very much. You don't need to yell at him because he's grown. Uh, anyways, yeah, that was really funny um, and interesting. Um, they had moon pies. I'm, they I'm, had moon pies. So you were excited about I'm that. I'm just saying, like, they that's had, like, a, I cookies, mean, now, moon now pies. Now that you know they have moon pie, that's, like, a reason to go back. I don't know if that's a reason to go back, but if, there's, like, a lot of different things you could put on a snack, like, hodgepodge table. Like, and, like moon pies are high on your Yeah, list. we can keep them in the house on the reg. True, true, true. I was really excited. Put we'll that in my pocket. Moon pie for later. <laughs> Cookie for now. Moon pie moon for Moon pie dessert. for later. Uh, yeah, so that, that was an interesting thing. Um, so it's funny because the only thing I... The only other thing I wanted to mention about it was like Mike Bloomberg is literally using voter suppression tactics to steal this election, this primary, and it's really fucking disturbing to me. That ad, he listen, I, I'm I'm the I, first to bitch and moan about Bernie Bros, and I'm I'll talk about him and I'll say this that that ad he put out was like they put in a, they put a response out. It's very funny. It's like all these sexual um, assault allegations against Bloomberg. Him, Bloomberg. Yeah, so. it's just a really gross. And they ad. did it like they did it like exactly the same with with the bells and everything. It's bells. Very it funny. was the I, like I have a uh, on the jingle palette. There's different like horns you can put on. Yeah. They call that the movie horn. Like, well, shadong, like yeah, like and he did that like twelve times in a thirty second spot with yeah. tweets and it's, shit. He's, he's just terrible. I mean, the fact that he's bypassing the the primary states that's voter suppression. Yeah, uh, you know the way that he, he spent two hundred million dollars on ads so far in this race. That is nuts. That's insane. He does. And look, let's be clear. Like, it's really, really awful. And um, I have some of his literature here, which I thought was really interesting because he says, as president, Mike will. As president, Mike. And he, so the second thing that, that that's on this list, I don't even need to read the first one because it's ridiculous. Uh, it says, get special interests influence out of politics. Mike never has and never will take a dime from them. Sir. You are the fucking special interest. You are the interest. You literally are the interest. You're the in- individual what special interest. What are you talking about right now? Like, how do you? Oh my god, it's so gross! And he's just throwing money you know everywhere. What, you know what I kind of feel like? There's what? these billionaires have seen what forty five has sure. done, and they're like, oh fucking a, like I can just absolutely. I, I can if even if not moving p- public funds to private hands, the number of times that he has tweeted or said something about China and trade and tariffs that have like made massive swings in markets. You fucking know he's, he's shorting and and making moves based on the shit he's going to tweet and say. Absolutely. And Bloomberg would do that. And then some, he's he's got bigger pockets. Exactly. He could do it on a larger scale. Literally. Oh, we need a, you, you got your racist, sexist billionaire. We got our own racist, sexist billionaire. Awesome. 
fuck that. Fuck Mike Bloomberg forever and a day. Fuck him for ruining New York City. <sighs> fuck him for stop and frisk. Fuck him for Khalif Browder. Fuck him for so many things. It's out of control. I actually have a PDF. Maybe I'll put it in the show notes of the shit that Mike Bloomberg, his entire, and I'm going to say this, this motherfucker served three terms because he changed the law while he was in office to serve a third term. And then before he left, closed it so nobody else could do that after he left office. Okay, I just want to be clear. This is the type of individual that we're talking about. And, well, we have a segment, so let's play the intro. Here you go. Let me segue. Yeah, so, you know, of course, I mentioned Stop and Frisk, uh, which was, you know, a horrible uh, practice that is still going on around the country and in New York City. And uh, Mike Bloomberg's uh, when he was leading as mayor in New York City, used this tactic uh, to basically roust and assault specifically black and brown men in New York City because they did all the crime, according to him. And so, therefore... Um, yeah, he's, uh, and there's actual empirical data that, um, shows and, and there has been empirical data for a very for a long, time. long time before these policies, before any of this yeah. shit happened and everybody was saying this shit doesn't work. And let's just be really clear. It's not just doesn't work. The empirical data is that black and white folks use drugs and do crime at exactly the same rate. So there's no reason to, to stop one versus the other. And actually, actually stop and frisk has a higher uh, success rate when they go after white people because white people know that like you can just carry shit all the time and not get away with it and black people know they get stopped and yeah. all the time so it's like it's doubly stupid it also like actually incentivizes black and brown um, especially men who get stopped and frisked to be to commit crime because here's the thing if you already are being treated like a criminal why would you not just become one mm. it's like it's the anti-deterrent it's so terrible on so many levels. It's also like we have a generation of black and brown men who have PTSD. This is, I talk to my nephews about this all the time, about how like there just became a point during Mike Bloomberg's presidency where like they just couldn't hang out in groups anymore. Oh, yeah. They just refused to do it because they knew it meant they were going to get stopped and frisked. And not that they were doing anything wrong, but it's trauma to be assaulted by police officers. They also continually sexually assaulted. assaulted. This is what the NYPD would do. They would penetrate because they always included an uh, underwear check in the stop and frisk. You know, this 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 was an insidious policy that he fought tooth and nail. The federal government had to issue a decree to force this man to stop doing it. But Mike Bloomberg thought he could just apologize on Twitter. So let's um, let's read the tweet first. Let's get into that. I have apologized for taking too long to understand the impact of stop and frisk on black and Latino communities. I inherited stop and frisk. In an effort to stop gun violence, it was overused. I cut it back by 95%. I should have cut it back sooner. Bitch, if you don't get the entire fuck out of my face, you're a liar. You're a racist. You are literal capitalist scum. And um, this okie doke that you're trying to pull, it's been so disturbing to watch prominent black people come out in support of this man because he's been funding their campaigns, their non-for-profits for the last couple of years. I mean, people that I 
I literally had to actually say, like, I'm so disappointed in you. And the response is like, I understand. You understand? That's that's what you have to say. You you understand? Billions. Billions. So I'm going to read that. So that was a tweet. Let's read this three paragraph actual apology yeah. and then we can give it a grade. And and just to remind people, we we grade um, apologies we have, we have quite often. We have a scale. <clears throat> the things that we um, expect to see in uh, a five star. <laughs> uh, actually, we do one to ten. So a, a, te- a ten yeah. point apology or an expression of regret, an explanation of what went wrong acknowledge responsibility a declaration of repentance like i will do better an offer of repair is there something that they should be doing a request of forgiveness without expectation and mm. timeliness juxtaposition and modality okay so let's let's you keep those in mind I'll he's read already this that last thing i said the timeliness oh, juxtaposition yeah. modality is already like null and void because nigga you wouldn't have been saying shit about this except for the fact that you're running for president yeah and got you called out about you've it. never apologized prior to now but okay and, let's get into this and, fucking and he apologized thing. because people were rightfully so yep. using it as leverage against him sure. you know in, in a variety as they of ways, as they and should. being like black people hello yeah i know so, you may not have lived in new york city but let me tell you what happened let me show you let me let me make you aware of what what he did to people okay yeah. here we go let me read this paragraph because uh and i want you to look at the the a through g the seven things sure because i don't think he hit any of them probably right? none yeah because he starts with president trump which is weird president mm-hmm. trump's deleted tweet is the latest example of his endless efforts to divide americans i inherited the police practice of stop and frisk and as part of our effort to stop gun violence it was overused by the time i left office i cut it back by 95 percent. forced but I should have done it faster and sooner. I regret that I I regret and I have I regret that and I have apologized, mm. which is weird. Like, is that past tense? I have apologized. Mm. Anyway, I regret that and I have apologized and I have taken responsibility for taking too long to understand the impact it had on black and Latino communities. Where's their responsibility? Keep going. But this issue and my comments about it do not reflect my commitment to criminal justice reform. So and your comments equity. about it don't reflect your. OK, keep going. I love it when people say the words that the are words taken out of the context. that came out of my mouth. Wow. I didn't really mean that, though. <laughs> Sir, I believe we need to end mass incarceration. And during my tenure, we reduced incarceration by 40 percent and juvenile confinement by more than 60 percent. I'd like to know the actual data because I'm betting that that reduction was prisons moving into like absolutely out of his out of his out Out of 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 new york city out of new york city and also transitioning from um state to federal no not state to federal from uh to detention centers so like ice detention centers got it so that's another thing that happens is like they take you off like oh we decrease like you just moved uh immigrants to detention centers and now you get to say they're not in jail anymore even though they are in jail go ahead i'm trying not to say this with without laughing too hard Actually, Bloomberg really got a benefit because Sean King shut down Rikers. You know? Oh, that's so, right. So the, even, <laughs> even though Rikers still is open, but keep going. Anyway, uh, we created the Young Man's Initiative to help young men of color stay on track for success, which President Obama built on to create My Brother's Keeper. And we overhauled a school system that had been neglecting and underfunding schools in black and Latino communities for too long. The overhaul included all these charter schools that have been doing horrible yeah, Betsy with black style. and brown um, communities. But go on. And again why this is the end there in part of your apology. I don't get it. In contrast, President Trump inherited a country marching towards greater equality and divided us with racist appeals and hateful rhetoric. That's interesting because when Trump won, you said that it was President Obama's fault that the nation was so divided. 
Okay, keep going. I forgot about that. I just want to be clear on what the fuck is happening. That's a tick, Bloomberg. The challenge of the moment is clear. He's a fucking liar. This whole thing is a lie. Yes, I'm not. The challenge of the moment is clear. We must confront this president and do everything we can to defeat him. The president's attack on me clearly reflects his fear over the growing strength of my campaign. Mm -hmm. Make no mistake, Mr. President. I'm not afraid of you, and I will not let you bully me or anyone else in America. Between now and November, I will do everything I can to defeat you, whether I am on the ballot or not. Yeah, right. Anyways, um, first of all, he's he to me he's running regardless of what happens. It's clear he doesn't give a shit about this primary. He's gonna be an independent. And period. he'll just run and fuck up and Trump will be elected again. Uh please everybody listening that's in America, I, I just beg of you. Just do just Google Mike Bloomberg black people and just that's it. Just do that. You'll have a ton of things that will come up that will show you. I mean, this is a man who literally anything that was a positive for uh, marginalized communities. He fought tooth and nail, made people go to court, yeah. federal court to make him do things like uh, ensure that all New York City taxi cabs were ADA compliant. He fought that. This is the type of individual because it didn't make good sense. There's this clip of him going around right now. He's having a conversation, I think in a Hasidic um, community, talking about the expense of healthcare and how it's getting so expensive. He's like, you know, we need to get to the point. Like if you're 95 and you come in and you say you have cancer, it's like, well, you lived a good life. It's time to make you comfortable. And we need to get prepared to do that. End quote. Isn't that the death panels that they all listen, were like really afraid that was actually going to happen with listen, the Affordable Care Act? I just don't understand. Like the whole thing about it is like you're supporting this dude because he's been throwing his money around and because he put some money into like, I don't know, gun violence. He probably makes money off of guns. I don't even know if that's true, but I'm just saying it because I can. Well, let's let's do that. Well, let's, <laughs> let's go through the <clears throat> list and see yeah. where Mike has come up. So ex- expression of regret. No. Well, the word I regret that. And I have apologized. That, I think that and I have apologized cancels out the regret part. It certainly isn't a very um, explanation. The, the veracity explanation of what went wrong. Nope. Uh, he made a, a an excuse after the fact. I inherited it. Yeah, uh, kind of that's not an um, explanation. Acknowledge responsibility. He literally shirked responsibility all. throughout the um, quote unquote apology. Declaration of repentance. I will do better. Nope. He claims he's already done better. So that didn't happen. <laughs> and not only did he not say he didn't do a declaration, but he said that weird thing you said, like, I didn't. The, these things don't. These statements and words don't reflect my real thoughts. Yeah. Mm. But, I just said them, but I, they don't mean And whenever anything. people say this, this is what I, what I'm saying now is what yeah, I really I, I really struggle with that because it's like all we really have is your actions. We can only go on your actual behavior. Yeah, what your you behavior say, sucks. What you say doesn't really matter. So your now you're telling us to sucks. like don't 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 believe what I do. Believe what I say. Yeah, it's terrible. Okay, uh, let's see. Offer of repair. No. Nah. So this is interesting because Sam Sway today posted that Mike Bloomberg has enough money to give every um, black male that was stop and frisk during his tenure $90,000 today. Every single one. Yes. He did the math because that's what Sam does. Shout out to you, Sam. Um, I was so he couldn't even offer that. He couldn't even offer nine fucking dollars to these people. So, okay, keep going. And, and, and I, I don't know if I want to talk about it, but like I feel like I heard you talking about volunteers that sign up to work for him get like phones and iPads and shit. Oh yeah. Look, but, we don't want to talk about that on air cuz like it might make people go do it. <laughs> so like literally, yeah. that's what he's he's literally just buying people, Fucking just bu- paying obscene amounts of money to 
organizers and people that doesn't even matter what your experience is. He just wants to have you on the payroll so that you won't be on somebody else's and you won't be working for somebody else's candidate. And it's really gross and disgusting to see um, as I've been working on a campaign that's not even taking um, non private funds like Senator Warren's campaign is completely uh, individual donor um fundraising like that's it there's no packs there's no super packs there's no nothing and it's been a hallmark of the campaign and to see at the start of the of elizabeth's campaign that be such a positive thing and now to watch this man come in with all of his money and just throw it all around just literally just throw it in the air throw it away it doesn't even matter what he's doing with it it's irrelevant because his capital is so great that yeah. wherever he spends it it will benefit him and it's just obvious to me he just doesn't want to pay the wealth tax that elizabeth would make him pay and he's willing to spend a whole lot of fucking money yeah uh including 200 million dollars i mean he's done, no, he, he's done the math what he would pay his two his two cent wealth tax well i think beyond that it's like a, the, i think i saw a thing that said that if He's worth like whatever 200 and whatever billion if he had been paying taxes at the rate that that people are talking about now in this cycle, the progressive candidates anyways, his fortune today would only be 41 billion. So so you can see directly that this is going to affect him in a way that even though 41 billion dollars, like literally nobody that is ever in your your line would ever have to work again anyhow, but whatever. Sure. You need yeah. more apparently. And then, um, request of forgiveness without expectation. He actually expects you to vote for him. So I would say that that dis disqualifies him from that one. And then uh, I already talked about the timeliness juxtaposition and modality. So, uh, yeah, he gets a big fat fucking zero. Yeah. It's not, a, if there was even like, maybe like a half of whatever the timeliness juxtaposition modality, like you said, it wipes it all out. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's a, Non-starter. Absolutely. White people, I get bullied in school. I can't wait till I'm a cop so I can bully you. White people. Hey, 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 hey. White people. White people. Fucking white people. All right. White people. I actually went ahead and seen that one. Oh, Zoe. White people. White people. She's so serious about it. Like, she understood, like... White, white people, people. Right. Uh, okay I actually read this um, okay, when it came so you, out like two weeks ago okay, and you and I so. never talked about it I just literally it was one of those ones that like I don't call it clickbait but like you saw the headline I was like Jesus I gotta read this yeah. and I read it I was like you gotta be fucking kidding me. yeah so uh, you wanna read it or you want me to read it I'll read it <laughs> okay go ahead so a uh, university professor uh, let's get the actual article a university of Oklahoma professor has apologized <laughs> after saying okay boomer is the same as saying that epithet that we shan't say yes. the university student newspaper reported and when a student made the comment Tuesday, the journalist must keep up with our younger generations. The professor said that was the equivalent of saying, OK, boomer to him. The OU Daily reported calling someone a boomer is like calling someone the N word. The professor then said, but he to, said the N word. Yeah, well, he, he, he with a hard R. He didn't say the N word like the phrase. He said the actual. He said the word. Okay. He did. And uh, according to the paper, which said some of the staff were in the class and <laughs> witnessed the exchange. So this is like firsthand daily OU staff. Yes, they were in the room. And see, we could almost we could almost go and do another apology for him. But the uh, professor says, I realize the word was hurtful and infuses the racial divisions of our country. Past and present, the professor wrote, according to the paper, use of the word is inappropriate in any educational, any, in any especially educational settings. CNN has reached out to the professor for comment, but has not heard back. University's interim professor, Joseph Harris, 
condemned the comparison earlier in the day, saying while the professor's comments are protected by the First Amendment <clears throat> and academic freedom, his comments and how word you know choice he's right. he's are white. fundamentally offensive and wrong. Oh, he's got tenure too. The use of the most offensive word by a person in a position of authority hurt and minimalized those in the classroom and beyond. The term OK Boomer, a viral <laughs> meme among millennials and Generation Z, exploded last year on the TikTok social media app where countless, countless mocking videos are calling out what young people perceive as out-of-touch baby boomers and their patronizing opinions. OK Boomer. Okay, Anyways, boomer. Uh, so the thing I thought was really funny about this was, not funny, but interesting to me, is like that the, I, I've, I've seen so many like progressive left socialist um professors get fired for writing their thoughts whatever sure and it's so interesting that this university president came and was like oh well he's protected first amendment because first amendment because white people first amendment yeah what was the other thing academic freedom uh-huh sure okay, here. and they just okay boomer like really like show me where the meme hurt you sir like touch Please, me. Point, me point me on your body where the meme you know did you wrong because good lord like you're that hurt and I always think this, and I honestly, it bothers me because I know that white people view that epithet as some sort of like, you know, exciting third rail that you touch for, a, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I, I want to say it. I, they could say it so we could you. But literally the the history of that word, if if most white people knew just a fraction of the torment, the death, the terror that have been inflicted with that word, you would never deign to want to say it, much less that it's the equivalent of okay fucking boomer, you know? Yeah, it's definitely not. Also, okay boomer, like these boomers are so in their feelings about being Ugh. old. Ugh. I'm so fucking sick of them. Like they have given up no power anywhere in industry and education and governmental structures. Like literally they've had a fucking chokehold on everything in this country for decades and decades, my entire lifetime. And now they're mad that their people are like, you're fucking out of touch. What the fuck and is wrong with them? Okay, boomer. Like it's even like if you were gonna have a like Gen Z millennial like it's like the it's mildest. So of, mild. It's so it's mild. So mild. Okay, is okay, in it. Okay, boomer. Ugh, I can't. Stand and like that. their generation are called baby boomers. Literally. They refer to themselves as the greatest generation. Like no, no, no. The greatest generation is a different generation. Oh, but anyway, they're, they're the actual baby boomers. Like it's in their generational name. Like you're mad at. Somebody saying okay, and then like I can't. It's the is it actually smacks so much of white people being mad at being called white. Absolutely, this is definitely that thing of them being like, "How dare you call me anything at all?" <laughs> Even though if I am that thing, don't do it. Okay, boomer. Okay, boomer. A so we have meme. a so we have a new segment Ooh. we're gonna close out the show with. Who said that? 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 It's on a loop, so it'll keep playing. Okay, so this is a new segment called, you guessed it, Who Said That? I'm going to pull a quote out, and uh, it will certainly be something that from somebody who's currently in the news or, you know, being spoken about. I will give you a hint this week that um, it does have to do with politics. Okay, so here's the quote. For me, one of my earliest memories of politics where I thought I could do anything was when Walter Mondale of Minnesota picked Geraldine Ferraro as his running mate. I literally remember what she wore, the red dress, the white pearls, and I saw that and I thought anything is possible. It's the it's the 45's daughter that that's all over the place. <laughs> nope. His wife? 
No. Who said it? One Senator Amy Klobuchar. Because <laughs> she's from Minnesota, as is Mondale. Minnesota. Minnesota. I yeah. guess I, I was too old. Monday was 80-something. Yes, the, you were going 45 was too, yeah, too, too, too young. Ivanka certainly was too young. Yeah. But yeah, so, so that's from Senator Amy Klobuchar, who Klobuchar. people okay. seem to think is somehow relevant in this race, even though she's completely ridiculous. She's also a whole cop, so I'll mention that as well. Um, I got to hear her speak, and... The end of her speech was like, and I'm probably not going to win, so vote Democrat. <laughs> and I laughed, and it was really funny. And then I got to actually meet her in Iowa, because Iowa's very weird um, during the primaries, and you literally would just run into Amy Klobuchar without a bra getting drunk with John Delaney in a hotel lobby, <laughs> and because that's a real thing that happened. And so I got to talk with her, and she had actually some interesting things to say about what she feels is like, how sexism plays out on the campaign trail and uh, the the ceiling she's that she has experienced or she thinks it you know just exists for um, for black not black women but for women generally to run I think for black women it's even less mm. anyways um, yeah so that's a, a new segment I'll who we said won't have that? It who said that who said so that? Amy Klobuchar said that Amy and, Klobuchar okay uh, yes a red dress and white pearls really is what set Spoke her to on her, her way her political journey to, uh, to to try and run for office so that if, take take that for what it's worth folks and uh, and definitely don't vote for Amy Klobuchar in the um, primary I remember when I was I think it was in like the sixth grade and they did like uh, the sixth grade uh, votes. And people just did what their parents were doing. And I was like one of the very few people on the, the Mondale Ferraro side. And the actual election, they got clobbered. Mm. And I remember it being very um, misogynistic and sexist driven and stuff against, obviously. But I, I'm, I'm glad I spoke to Amy Klobuchar, you mm-hmm. know? And her constituents, I hope, I guess. I don't know. I'm not in Minnesota. I don't know how she does. She doesn't do, she does terrible with black people. <laughs> okay. Every black Minnesota, I was like, Amy Klobuchar, are you fucking kidding me? She's a nightmare. Literally, she her her record as a prosecutor there is atrocious and literally where she would like ignore if it was a black defendant and she would ignore um, exonerating evidence like wouldn't let people while they were on trial go to their mom's funerals. Shit like like heinous shit. She's terrible. Um, Yeah. And her bangs are horrible also. So (laughs) that's even worse. It's like double bad. Um, I think that's it. That's that's I, the show. I think we're under 45, but tight for 35, 40 minutes. Huzzah. We Huzzah. did it. So uh, you can find us anywhere that you can find podcasts. Just search interracial John. That's J-A-W-N. And check out the other podcasts on the Chonilla Network, please, uh, which is the uh, Chonilla podcast, as well as the Black Canadian uh, Content Creators Network. So check out all of those. And you can go to ChonillaNetwork.com to see the rest of our brother and sister shows out there. And yeah, we'll be back very soon. We're in the pipe. Bye. Bye. Yeah, bye. baby. High five. High five.